Previously on Side Quests. I, I love that game. I honestly love that game. I hate playing it because it makes me feel bad about myself, but I do love the game. It's a toss up between JRPGs and 90s platform games. It's still highly prevalent in some genres and with Was that some your cat Yeah, it seems like a feature that you should at least be able to toggle on and off. I always enjoy having a good one on one with the boss. Hello, you're listening to MageCast SideQuests, a podcast by the ABXY Mage and an ever-changing party of mages that discusses the many aspects of video games. This band of games writers, focused on in-depth and long-form critique, can be found on WordPress at thewellreadmage.com and on Twitter at thewellreadmage. Crowdfunding support makes possible The Well Read Mage, MageCast, and MageCast SideQuests. To support our Patreon campaign and our future vision, as well as see exclusives and rewards, visit patreon.com slash thewellreadmage. Like, follow, share, subscribe, and please leave us a review. And now, let the quest begin. Can you think of any... Let's start with you, Earth. Um... Of your favorite boss uh, songs, soundtracks to boss fights. I can definitely. Bizarro, you might have to help me with this. The Nero Angelo fight, was that in the DMC 1 or 3? In, to my, in my memory, it's the first one. Where it's like, so it's like he's dressed like a dark knight. and Yeah, I think it's 1. I mean, thinking of the DMC series, especially in DMC 5, you can pick your own that, uh, boss fight music. Well, sorry, you can pick your own fight music, and one of the ways they did it really well is uh, one of the fight music you can pick is from a boss in DMC1, and without spoiling who the boss is, blah, 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 it's so instrumental, it's so, um, how can I describe it, it's so, you know when you're playing Skyrim, or uh, again, most recently, God of War, soundtrack is so powerful. Like epic soundtrack. Yeah, it just, it brings in this epic soundtrack. It kind of, it kind of for, uh, forces you as the player to focus. You you really feel like you're a part of the game. You're not just oh playing the fun game, shooting the cool gun six. You you're in the game. You feel every time you raise your sword, the the soundtrack you know spikes. Every time you you hit the enemy a couple of times, it gets louder and louder. Which is something I think DMC does amazingly well. Yeah, it kind of involves you a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. In that way. As far as I know, with DMC Five, actually, they've built it in so that the better. Do you know you have the the style ranking? Yeah. As far as I know, the better style you do, as in the more, uh, I think it goes from D to triple S, the higher your style, the louder and the faster the music gets. Oh, cool. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. Yeah, it's it's a really good mechanic. Did you say the name of the song? Uh, I think it's literally just Nilo Angelo boss fight music. I, I don't know if it has any particular particular name. Oh, okay. Uh, what about you, Bizarro? Do you have a favorite boss soundtrack? Just let me unravel my scroll. Um, <laughs> um, any Final Fantasy always has amazing boss music from the straight off. Um, highlights would be Final Fantasy 7 and 8 possibly for my favourite boss music um, we've got a nice sense of emergency a nice sense of challenge and in Final Fantasy 7 they did because I think the music in 7 it was quite sort of 
chip tuny midi filey sort of quality, but you could tell the bits where they really wanted it to be an electric guitar, and it sounds brilliant. <laughs> Best way I can describe it without knowing the music, but they use the limitations of the platform very well. Um, so yeah, Final Fantasy. Um, what else was I going to say? Metal Gear Solid. Me the first, well, yeah, Metal Gear Solid on the PS1 had amazing boss music. Which one, though? And um, just the general boss theme from the first Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. The Shadow Moses and all that. That was a really cool boss theme. And I'll try to think if there's any other ones. Oh, like, say, 16-bit, any Sonic game from the 16-bit era had brilliant boss music as well. Really memorable. Yeah, I really like the boss music from Sonic 1. Is that the one that's... That's two, I think. Is that two? That's two, I think, yeah. Oh, and three, like threes was even better. Threes was quite sort of epic sounding as well. Uh, to go back to what you said about Final Fantasy, and specifically Seven, uh, Genova is one of my favorite video game songs in general. Yes, that is an excellent, especially the bit after, not spoiler alert, because everyone knows it, the bit after... Eris is killed, and you have to fight a Genova straight after that, and it keeps in the sad music of Eris's theme, and that was really effective. Yeah, yeah, that's aside from being one of my favorite boss songs, that's just one of my favorite in general. Uh, also, one of my favorite in general. That's also one of my favorite mini boss, non-final boss fight soundtrack songs is. Uh, Kraken of the Sea from Earthbound. Do you guys Ooh, know that one? Beautiful soundtrack. I love that song. Actually, there is one thing I want to say about uh, boss fight music. I mean, it, in certain games, I find... Uh, like. Remember what I was saying about Shadow of the Glasses? It just makes you feel bad for what you're doing. Right. I find soundtrack can be instrumental. I mean, even... I'm struggling to think of an exact game. Um, anyone played Dark Souls 1? Like, like a good bit of it? Nope. I played the first third of it. <laughs> Did you get to, to Sif? Was that the wolf? Yeah. I've heard of the wolf, and I've read upon it. Basically... I mean, look, everyone can t everyone can remember a boss fight that you really, you, you don't want to do it, you don't want to kill that boss, you know, you're, it makes you emotional, like, everyone has that. I, I think games, sometimes, it's so underrated, and it's so underused, actually, because normally, I mean, if you can make it so the character doesn't even want to kill that boss, and mirror that in the soundtrack, I think that, that is so much more effective than having a oh it's a big bad boss big bad boss you want to kill yeah it adds a layer of emotional depth yeah it's like it's an unwilling boss almost but anyway yeah i had one more thought one more piece of music that i'd be criminal to miss out okay if you want it was because it's the game i'm again i'm currently review writing up my review for is of can't get my words out again rocket knight adventures the boss music on that is amazing. It's sort of the golden age Konami music. And I had the di I had the composer's name. Is it Akihata? And she's done some brilliant one. She's done some brilliant stuff for like 
a lot of Konami games from that age. And the Rocket Knight Adventures boss music is genuinely intimidating. It's brilliant. I'll have to check it out. I have not played that game. It's one of my all-time favorites from that era. I've never owned a Genesis, so that's what it was for, right? Or Mega Drive. Yeah, you see, we're all admitting things today. Just to admit, I know, I was going to say before, I've never actually played Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh. I don't know how I do it, how I write how I write games articles, but I've never played Shadow of the Colossus. Can't play everything. There's plenty of classics all of us you haven't can played, try. I'm sure. But yes, that's true, you can try. <laughs> then again, it did, it did uh, send me into a spoiler of madness, so maybe don't, don't try. That is yeah, fair enough. I might I might give that one a miss for now. Could play more if we didn't write about the ones we played, but what would be the fun there? True. Um, so how do you guys feel about multi-staged battles, like the boss changes forms or jumps into a giant mech suit and now there's a second battle or, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, Earth, we'll start with you. I think... I think sometimes it can be done very badly, and sometimes it become, can be done very well. For example, um, Dark Souls 3, a boss called the Nameless King. Anyone heard of him? Yeah, I've, I've heard of it. Basically, um, as I said, Dark Souls 3 is, is a really good game for uh, bosses in different stages, because literally every boss has at least two stages. But for him, it's it's like having four stages because you start that boss fight and he's on this huge imposing dragon. He flies around the map and you're thinking to yourself, Jesus, if this guy needs to be on a dragon to fight me, he must be, he must be very bad. He must be weak as hell. So then you beat the dragon that he's on. You think, oh, I won. Oh, the boss fight's over. And then he stands up and you die (laughs) almost instantly. So then like in that scenario, I think it's done so well. Because as, imagine if you could put yourself in the mind of your, your character. You're fighting this huge thing. You're, you, 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 know, you beat it. You're like, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's done. It's over. And then it just happens. It happens again. The guy stands up. You're like, oh, no. I've criminally underrated this man. <laughs> it's like that scene in Lord of the Rings where, uh, where Ted ends like, yes, we're doing so well. And the Nazgul's come along and his face is just like, why? Why? <laughs> he, like, he doesn't even say anything. He just, he just looks at it and just sighs. It's the old, you, you've not even seen my final form thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so can you guys think of any, I can, that's why I wrote this down, but can you think of any good games that have not so great boss battles? Bizarro, we'll start with you this time. The one I'm playing at the moment, Persona 5. The whole premise of the game is that you're going to people's sort of minds, which manifest themselves as, well, they call them palaces, but they're more like themed dungeons, and to basically change the, well, change the target's thought process, to change their hearts, essentially, to make them admit admit to their sins and become good people. So the boss is always a twisted version of them that represents the sins, which is thematically it's brilliant and the, the characters are brilliant, but the boss ba- the battles themselves always just end up being really gimmicky. So it's like the one I've just fought, for instance, it's a giant flying enemy, so you can only hit it with long range attacks, and the damage is minimal to it. You're doing barely anything to it. And then a story event happens, and after that you've got a big sort of siege crossbow, 
to shoot it with. And once you shoot it with the siege cross, but you have to, sorry, you have to make a character leave the party for a few turns. So use the siege crossbow. Then it falls to earth, and then you can wail on it with your melee attacks. And it does a lot of damage to it. Then it flies back up and it's rinse and repeat, but it's just very gimmicky and it's not it's not entertaining. After these very tactical boss battles where well, regular battles where you have to learn elemental weaknesses and things like that. It's just a bit of a cop out. What about you, Earth? Can you think of any? Um, yeah, I actually have a couple of examples. Uh this is gonna be kind of divisive because a lot of people enjoy this genre of games. Looter shooters. All of the bosses are bad. <laughs> like specifically I'm going to talk about um, Anthem because again I, play, I played through Anthem recently and I was horrifically disappointed even though I was one of the people championing, championing the game it's going to do so well oh how I was wrong but um, I find I think it's it's just a downfall of the genre in general that it's so easy in a looter shooter style game to just throw in a bullet sponge or like a hit sponge and it just it, it just ruins the experience for me. Like comparing comparing it to other games, you know, you're you're playing a game and like, oh, this this boss took me an hour to kill. Why why did it take me an hour to kill? Oh, it had a lot of health, and that's all you can say. Do you know? Right. I I think it just ruins it for me. Uh, another game with weak boss fights was um, parts of Dark Souls Two, and it, it's it's not even so much the problem of the game. It's it's the way the game was designed for me. I mean, there's a there's one boss in Dark Souls 2. It's a very cheesy game, really. Because a lot of the bosses, you can just circle around them and hit. Just circle around, hit. That, that, that was kind of like the staple mechanic of Dark Souls. Just block, go to your right, and you'll circle around the boss. And they'll do the same thing, which was really annoying. But um, but one of the bosses, it's uh, I think it's a guy called the old dragon knight or something like that and literally if if you do that it's, it, this bug has never been patched because it's not even a bug it's just the mechanics if you do that you block you go around him he'll just fall off he's like on a platform and he just he will fall off <laughs> it, it's it's not even wow. it's not even a bug it's just oh um I, th- I think that I read someone say, I, I don't even know who, it might have been a YouTuber or something, say once, oh, well, that's really good game design because, I mean, it, it finally makes the boss susceptible to the, the dangers of the world. And I was looking at it, I was like, what? Are you serious? Are you, going, <laughs> are you honestly going to try to defend this to me? Like, yeah, that's not, what boss, that's not what boss battles are for. <laughs> no, no. I don't want a cheap cheating way, basically cheating way to beat a boss in five seconds. That's a huge disappointment. Another one for me is uh, Spyro and Crash. They just they just have awful bosses. Yes, they did. Maybe maybe it's because maybe it's because when you're a kid, you're like, oh, this is really cool. But then when you're an adult, you realize, wait a minute, I'm just jumping on his head. That's all I'm doing. I was just gonna say, is it that is it that they're bad bosses, or is it that? Because I remember I watched part of a gameplay video for the Reignited trilogy, and I remember thinking. That's a boss battle, but then I thought, I guess what else could you do? You don't really have that many moves in the game. Yeah, I mean, I completely get what you mean. It's one of those divisive things. It's not really that they're a bad boss. It's it's a problem of gamers ourselves. You're going to compare it to a game with amazing mechanics, amazing in really deep combat. Do you know what I mean? 
I mean, I still think it's a problem. I just don't think it's a problem with the boss. I think it's a problem with the design. I yeah, mean, definitely. I imagine that with only having, what do you have, two or three moves in that game, it probably the boss battles probably get really repetitive, too. I mean, I think a good way around that would be to do something like, instead of just jumping on the boss, instead of just charging at the boss, make a thing like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a, a game this would be like this um actually yeah dark souls 3 people who play the game are gonna know what i mean there's a boss in dark souls 3 i i I can't remember the name i think it's just ancient dragon or something like that and if you if you go up to the boss you try to hit the boss it's not gonna work you know you literally cannot do damage to this boss um so instead you have to think well if i can't damage the boss what in the level can damage the boss so I think you go up this kind of winding staircase during the boss fight. It's in this over huge open area. And I think you, you cut a rope or something and it drops something on the boss. Or maybe you jump on the boss and uh, whatever, you know, you hit the weak point in its armor or something like that. And it's like an instant kill because it's at the back of the neck. So if you could bring that into a game with like simple mechanics like Spyro, like don't just make me like breathe fire on the boss or the boss is dead. You know, do something in the area. Make me burn a rope and drop a load of bricks on the boss. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that's a fine. That would be a good mechanic to change it up a little bit. I mean, there's always. I think it's something games forget. I mean, um, going back on The Witcher, for example. Now, I'm not saying The Witcher has easy combat. It doesn't. It's, it's very deep combat. You know, there's a lot of things you can do with it. But if you want to play The Witcher, like, logically, almost with a with an essence of physics, you can. I mean, uh, Breath of the Wild does this really well, which is something I actually forget when playing Breath of the Wild. The physics is amazing. If you want to chop down a tree, make the tree fall on the boss, yeah, that, that'll work. That's something you can do. It is clever. There is a lot of clever stuff in that game. Uh, so real quick, I guess before we wrap up, I just wanted to come back and talk about some favorites and least favorites again. See if either of you thought any of any more while we went through the various different topics. So Earth, let's start with you this time. Ooh, um, you see, you see, as I said, for me, thinking of specific boss fights that I love, it's it's so hard compared to thinking of games that I love. But going back on the best and worst thing, um. I find it's something in Metal there's something about Metal Gear games for me that just the, the boss fights they're so they're so beautifully done. It's as if it's a work of art that's playing out in front of your eyes. I mean everyone who played Metal Gear would remember the the original Psycho Mantis fight. Right. You know, as a as a I was just about to say <laughs> that. <laughs> like like for me as a kid playing that game and even recently playing the game, I actually forgot that you could um the only way to properly beat him was to take out your controller and put it into the other port. I mean, that's that's such a mind blowing thing. And then with other Metal Gear um Metal Gear bosses, it's like it's like there's always a way around it that's ever so slightly supernatural, but not enough to make the game supernatural. Right. Like um, Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Oh Bizarro, you might you might you might have to help me with this one here, Bizarro. Do you remember in Snake Eater, there was a boss, is it the Sorrow, and she, she can't be hit? 
Um, let me think, let me think, let me think. Was it in three or was it in two? The one woman that couldn't be here. Does she have a big old, like a rail gun? I, I don't know. All I remember is that there was a boss where there was like this half supernatural aspect to her. She was seen as the soldier that just couldn't be hit. You know, she couldn't be killed, whatever. And I remember, um, I, I don't, I can't remember exactly how they, they play it off. Because Metal Gear, they're, they're very good at playing off very supernatural aspects of the game as something not supernatural at all. And I remember, did it come down to... I think had... Vamp would be a good... Was it Vamp? I, I can't, I, I actually, yeah. I can't remember now. But I know there was... Vamp you killed and he came back. Like he refused to die. Yeah, but um, I remember. I, I, I look. I'm gonna say it's the sorrow. I think it's the sorrow, because um, there's this. I think the sorrow. The, the sorrow was the one in the lake with all the ghosts when you're walking down the river, even and there's all ghosts coming the other way. I think that was the sorrow. Uh, might be wrong. Sure, sure, I'm sure someone will be able to to remind me of the name at some point. Anyway, but I remember there was this, yeah. there was this thing where she could dodge any bullet, dodge any projectile dodge anything done to her to harm her in any way and um it was said yeah through the story that it was just this technology technology that she had but then you disable that and she she gets shot i think so yeah she gets shot but it turns out even then there's a supernatural aspect because her heart uh, there's a, this rare disease where your heart can be on the other side of your body yeah. Um, and do you, do you know what I mean? It's designed so well that it leaves you really thinking about it afterwards. Yeah, it's so Kojima. So, oh, Kojima. Anyway, look, that was a bit of a long one for me. I think that's definitely something that you want out of a boss fight is for it to be memorable, as long as it's good. Yeah. As long as you liked it. Exactly. <laughs> I suppose my examples to throw into the ring. So I already had the Genova phases from Seven written down for my favourites. But we've been we've done that one. Um, I had General Be General Beatrix from Final Fantasy Nine is a good one. Yeah. In that you're not you're not supposed to beat her. It's part of the story that she beats you, but you have to stay alive for long enough at least just to get to the end of the battle where she sort of beats you down for the story <laughs> as opposed to just getting you a game over. Right. They were good battles because that was just that was just an exercise in survival like, fighting against her. Uh, who else have I got? Give me one second. Oh, the original Mortal Kombat. This maybe isn't my favourite. Yeah, Goro in the original in the original Mortal Kombat. He counts as a boss fight. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. So you got through the game fighting these fighting palette swapped ninjas and and whatever else. Then all of a sudden, this big four armed thing appears in front of you. And it's like, oh god, <laughs> this is not going to be easy. And it definitely is not easy. No, he was a nightmare. When you beat him, and then, well, the last boss was disappointing, but we're not talking about last bosses, so... They should have ended it on Goro. He was amazing. So I've got a couple that I made note of, memorable for different reasons. The first one is the Yellow Devil from the original Mega Man. I say I'm criminally underknowledged on my Mega Man. Are you familiar, Earth? No, but I remember. I just felt like that was one of the... Even once you learn the pattern, it's so difficult, but in a fun way. Whereas I feel like the final, final boss of the game is more difficult in a less fun kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, it feels a bit cheaper. 
I also, I always thought Ridley should have been the final boss of the Metroid games, not Mother Brain. I always preferred the Ridley fights. Can I, can I ask, are you, are you talking about Metroid Prime or the original Metroid games? Regular, not Prime. I haven't, I haven't played Prime yet. Oh, they're so good. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So I've heard, but no, I've played almost all of the non-Primes, but I haven't played any of the Primes yet. Um, another one where I feel like the not final boss was much cooler and better than the final boss, uh, the Big Daddies in Bioshock. Oh, completely. I thought the final final boss is such a disappointment after, in comparison to that first encounter with a Big Daddy. I'm just going to say, to be honest with you, I find I was actually just uh, I was reading an article about this earlier on. I find Bioshock One absolutely marvelous game, honestly, really brilliant. But why would you follow that whole um, "Would you kindly" sequence with a bullet sponge boss fight? Yep, totally agree. Why? Why would you? I, I, I've actually I've gone through the game numerous times, and every time I get to the "Would you kindly" thing. Because I know what's coming, it almost spoils that experience for me. I feel, by the way, that part of my life is complete now, because I've heard an Irishman say, would you kindly? (laughs) (laughs) See, to me, it's see, I can't recognise my own accent, so to me, I'm just saying, would you kindly? It it doesn't sound any different. (laughs) (laughs) That's my boy. Okay, get a few drinks and me, I'll become very scummy. Uh, to go back to that idea of the bullet sponge, that's one of the things that I didn't care for about Final Fantasy XV. I felt like a lot of the bosses were just attack, 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 over and over. There wasn't really weaknesses. There weren't any strategies. Like you said earlier about, oh, that boss fight took an hour because it had a lot of health. That was the whole, <laughs> whatever the name of the Turtle Mountain boss thing is. Adamant- cool, it takes three hours and you just stand there and hold a button. See, my issue with Final Fantasy XV was... Uh... Uh, I actually have millions of issues with Final Fantasy XV. That's just... <laughs> oh, I feel like con- we could be friends. Related to this conversation, that was a huge issue I had with it. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I honestly enjoyed the game for what it was up until the point it corrupted the entire hard drive. I had to go off and get it repaired. Wow. That game taught me to never pre-order a game again. It's just so badly made. All I have to say. Yeah. Like I've never heard of a game where you start with your whole party and then right at the end you lose everyone but your main character. Yep. Boo. See, my uh, my issue with pre-ordering games is I, I actually I fall into the pre-order trap sometimes because I'll see something and I'll be like, oh, do you know it actually looks pretty cool. I go on, I'll pre-order it because I'm going to pick it up day one anyway. Whereas a lot of the time I I will honestly I'll only pre-order a game. If I, if I know for a fact, I will not be disappointed. Like DMC5, I knew I wasn't going to be disappointed. I love the series. Um, what else? Sekiro. If I had money, I'd pre-order Sekiro. Because I lo- I, I've I never been disappointed by that developer. Whereas something like Anthem, I was like, oh, I really want to give the game, at least give it a chance. But I don't want to pre-order it. Yes. That was such a letdown. I bought the full, all the pre-ordered all the DLC, and then I think I played the first, I played episode Gladiolus and episode Prompto, and I haven't touched it since. I, I honestly, I enjoyed the game for what it was. I, I, I knew 
like even going through the dungeons, they're horrifically flawed. Oh, yes, but they are. I found I found myself enjoying the world a little bit, and it was enough to keep me interested at least until it destroyed my hard drive. And I would have liked to have, I would have liked to, I, I'd love to be able to give the, the game a bit of a chance, but I can't. I would like to because I've heard so many people say how great it is since they released all of the DLC and fixed all of the issues. And that's what, where the lesson not to pre-order comes from. Because if I hadn't played it yet and I played it now, I would probably like it a lot more than when I played it day one. Yeah, understandable, man. Especially because they fixed a lot of the story, which was supposed to be the driving force of the game, and then it didn't really make a whole lot of sense. You should definitely do a side quest on games we regret pre-ordering. Yes, we definitely. That's a good idea, actually. Thank you. There's, there's a. Th I can honestly, I can think of so many. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So, this is the very last thing I want to say before we wrap up here. Somehow we made it through this whole thing without talking about Zelda. So, I'm just gonna say one of the worst boss fights ever. That's not a final boss is the stupid boss at the end of the Ocarina of Time Water Temple. That's like the globby thing that moves around and you have to hook shot the ball inside of it. But one of the best of all time is in that same water palace when you fight Dark Link. Yeah... That's the thing about Zelda games, and most games, it's like the water level. Oh, this game, this water level could have been so great, but the boss is good or bad. Yeah, that's... Dark Link's the only good thing about that entire palace. <laughs> there is actually, um, just purely if we have time, because you, you brought up Zelda, um, I did a piece maybe, I think was it was two months ago, about Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say I've never enjoyed a Zelda, a Zelda game's boss fights more than Twilight Princess, even including Breath of the Wild. Wow. Twilight Princess is one of the few Zelda games I haven't played yet. Oh, such a good game. And like, there's this one, um, and I, this might, this isn't going to sell you one on the boss fight, because I know it, it just won't. Because <laughs> it's the type of thing... If you you'll only get it if you played it like as a kid, but um, uh, Bizarro, have you played Twilight Princess? No, I've only played Breath of the Wild. Oh no! Anyway, look, there's a there's a spot in the game. Anyone who's played it will know. And essentially, every single time you fight him, you fight him on the same bridge. I think it's that really long bridge uh, going across the the two parts of Hyrule. But every time you fight him, like I think the first time you fight him, all you all you have to do is hit him as he's passing. He's on a, a big four and drawing a opponent. I think the first time you fight him, you just hit him and he falls off. The second time you fight him, he has armor on the side you hit him, so you have to do something else. Maybe you hit the boar or something. The third time, it just keeps on going on. Every time you fight him, it's like um, it's very similar to the Mr. Freeze fight in Arkham City. Like, you can't do the same thing more than once. I like that. So then it can't just be a button mash. Yeah, exactly. But he's also... He's, he's a... I think you fight him at least four separate times in the game. Alright, well, that is uh, all I had in my notes 
for this, I guess. I'm sure we could probably do another episode in the future and talk about bosses more. There's, I mean, hundreds of thousands in all generations of games, I'm sure. So I appreciate both of you taking the time to sit down and, and record with me. And this took a little bit longer than we had previously anticipated, so we'll get few episodes out of it at least. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for MageCast SideQuests. If you enjoyed listening, please like, share, and leave us a comment. Also, be sure to check out MageCast, an ensemble podcast hosted by the Well-Read Mage. To support this podcast and future content, visit us at patreon.com slash thewellreadmage. Guts, the theme song for SideQuests, was composed by Russell Gordon, the Iron Mage. I'm the ABXY Mage, and you can find me on Twitter at ABXY underscore reviews and at thewellreadmage.com. This quest may be complete, but more await beyond the horizon.